Welcome to The Dumb Intellects, a podcast about what you should know, but don't. We're your hosts, Marin, Sadie, and Morgan. Welcome back, everybody. We are sorry that we missed a week. Um, life is just crazy, and that's how it goes. But that's how we roll. This episode will be worth it, and let me tell you why. We have the one and only Caleb Price <laughs> featuring. <laughs> we are so excited. Caleb is one of the most amazing people I know, and you'll understand Aww. why at the end of this podcast. But. Um, he's a life coach and we are excited to learn all about life coaching. So yes, I am excited to be here because I love this podcast too. I think it's a lot of fun. So oh, I just am glad I got to be featured. We're so happy to have you. So Caleb has his own podcast, um, relatable thoughts. Yes. How long have you been doing that? Yeah, I've done, um, been doing relatable thoughts for over a year now. It's about a year and like a month or so. I have like almost 60 episodes. So I, yeah. Love your podcast. Oh. I have listened to probably like 10 to 15 episodes in the past. Well, actually, no, because I listened to it before we got the setup, just like a couple episodes. And then once mm-hmm. we got the setup, I was like, I got to listen to everything. <laughs> it's so good. You're so insightful. I really like it. I enjoy well, it. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I just love doing it. I think it's a fun, it's a fun thing. I, I like talking, as you will tell on this episode, I'm sure. You're in good company. (laughs) (laughs) So besides life coaching and podcasting, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I also served in the great Italy Rome mission, the GERM, just like you guys. So, I mean, so I grew up in Arizona. Um, You know, that's just life for me. And then like went on the mission, had an awesome experience, came to college. I'm up here at Utah state right now. Go Aggies. Sorry, everyone else but like i mean i just love it so um and i'm support uh, that i can get yeah. on the aggie train the aggies are awesome i love i mean i'm a big supporter of all the schools honestly but but um i'm graduating in physics um this semester actually so congrats yeah. that's huge four years finally get in wow here, but, that's awesome but yeah and then i mean that's just like the facts. I mean, I also like to make pizza. I have a podcast. I'm a life coach, um, which I'm sure we'll get into the story of why and everything. And you actually get to know me as we continue. So before we jump into more about Caleb, let's do our fun facts. I'm actually really excited about mine, but I don't think it'll be exciting for anybody else. So somebody well, else, then you first. better start. Oh, oh, awkward. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Mine's kind of boring. My fun fact this week, as we know about my dear husband who is loves learning about everything and is all over the place he has read like four books this week on audible and he loves to tell me about the books he reads and this week he read a book called the donda investor well that could be wrong by monish perbrai and there's this really interesting thing in there, which I had never heard of. Well, actually I had heard of it, but I hadn't didn't like know the application. It's called the Kelly criterion or the Kelly formula. Have any of you guys heard this? I haven't. No, okay. it sounds familiar. So this is a formula that helps investors calculate like what percentage of their money they should put into a certain investment. So you can use this formula together with like 
the probability of success and the probability of failure for like a particular stock. And then it will output its outputs are how much of your money, how many shares you should buy, how much you should put towards this particular investment based on like the risk benefit analysis Mm. that it performs. Yeah. That's, that's my fun fact. So anyone who's a future investor, look it up, look up Kelly formula. Gotcha. I'll do that. I was going to say, that's really good to know, actually, for like real adult life where you invest and stuff. (laughs) Right. When I have money. Yeah, I know. (laughs) When I get to that point in my life, it'll be useful. (laughs) I'll go next. Uh, That way we can get the sticky voice out of the way. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. So being sick this week, I've gotten to watch a lot of movies on Netflix and um, this is where my fun fact comes from. Have you guys ever heard of the term geisha? Spelled yes. G-E-I-S-H-A. Wait, who said Still yes? Is. Oh, yeah. guys, how cultured of you. Okay, so <laughs> I took AP Human Geography. So <laughs> what can I say? Okay, so I heard, uh, or not heard, I watched the movie Memoirs of a Geisha today and um a geisha is basically think of like in older Japanese culture the like really beautiful women with um, very pale white faces they would literally paint their faces white and like red lips um and their hair like done up in buns and the really beautiful kimonos so these women were japanese performing artists and entertainers trained in traditional japanese performing art styles like dance music singing um and being hosts and conversationalists wait no what are we, what are you wondering I- Aren't they also like wealthy prostitutes? I was wondering. It sounds kind so, of suspect. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what the definition <laughs> implies. Uh, they basically do everything. Yeah, for you. they can do anything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> From dancing to conversation. <laughs> Whatever and you want. In <laughs> kind of. Um okay. one thing that was kind of really sad is that um so like these girls, they would like kind of be sold into these homes and like you become a geisha once the highest bidder bids to like take your virginity, mm, no, which like no, 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 no. it's not, it's actually, I don't know. It made me feel really sad yeah. in this movie. It portrayed it as like, this is how you're going to rid yourself of like the debt so that's when you like see all those i know when you see all those like beautiful kimonos Mm -hmm. and like those women painted in like white paint and like the um like beautiful eyeliner and red lips but it's all to like be you know get get money and yeah because men are the worst Sorry, sorry, Caleb. Down. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. It's all right. I get it. No, so, um, I guess really sad. I guess I should have gone yeah. first because that was uh, well, dumb. it was informative. We need informative facts. Yeah. My fact well, is, is not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one knows anything about that. So, yeah, that's really interesting go. and very 
sad. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> Who wants to bring us We're up? We're not going to shame you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think I, think I should go next. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm excited for Caleb's. So yeah, you're oh. right. Grand finale. <laughs> <laughs> so my fun fact, I have been reading this book because in my major parenting is just like my passion, which sounds so weird, but like, Cute. I just, I love learning about parenting. And, um, so I'm reading this book right now called the Montessori toddler for Christmas. I was given like four books about being a Montessori mom. And so I'm reading one of them. And this one, the Montessori toddler is like my favorite by far, because it's just very like straightforward. It's like, here's what you need to know about your toddler at this stage or in this situation. And here's what you do. And I'm like, oh, this is so helpful. But I learned this week that toddlers cannot multitask in the sense that if you're explaining something to them and showing something to them, they can't connect what you're doing to what you're saying. And so you have to basically like explain a task to them and then show them without speaking or else they get confused and they can't figure out what you're trying to do or say. Interesting. So essentially interesting. Yeah. If you're like trying to like show them how to stir for like cooking purposes, you have to be like, okay, this is called stirring and then show them stirring without talking so that they can Mm. like connect what you just said to what you're doing. Because if it's done at the same time, they won't get it at all. Sometimes I feel like I need that. I think the college adult male needs that. (laughs) That's how I feel when a, like a professor is explaining an equation as he writes it on the board. I'm like, I can't, I can't follow what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this is something we never grow out of social science. I love it. Look at you go. Okay. Caleb, I'm excited for your fun fact. Okay. Do you know the London bridge? Yes. Yes. Like it's just a bridge in London, right? Well, yeah. wrong. It's actually in Arizona. Wait, what? What? <laughs> the original London Bridge is in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. What? Accurate. This is a real fact. So in like the 60s, um, this guy, London was basically like, yeah, the bridge is kind of falling apart where it's like kind of like a hazard or whatever. Like, I guess we just got to get rid of it. But then they were like, hmm, you know who might want it? America, they're kind of obsessed with stuff. So they love thrifting. They were just selling a bridge, I guess. And this guy who I basically all this stems from, you all need to listen to another podcast. It's called the Tillin podcast. It's called Things I Learned Last Night. I learn something new every week that is wacky, crazy, conspiracy theories sometimes. It's my favorite thing. Love it. And it's hilarious. Um, but so they were talking about this. So there's, there's this guy who is kind of a con man and whatnot, but he wanted this bridge, the London bridge for a motor commercial. He just wanted it and they brought it. They brought it brick by brick to Arizona where they bought this land. And it was just a bridge. There wasn't even anything really there, just the company. And then a city grew around it and it's there today. You're kidding me. It's real. You guys can't see our faces, but we're all just like open mouth. <laughs> shocked. It's real. Everyone's just staring at the camera. That's insane. It's wow. insane. It's the real London Bridge. It's just, I mean, the London Bridge is not like a big bridge. It's just like a rock bridge. It's just the normal bridge, but it's the London Bridge. And they made a joke about how there's like now a red robin next to it, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how far we've come as a society. Our society is I could go on about how our society has progressed too far. Like, did you know they make fruity pebbles syrup? 
No, they don't. Oh, no. no. Accurate. And oh. they, I bought, where is it? Ew. Peep cereal to make fun of it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we saw the Peep cereal one. Here's, here's the important debate that goes on at my house. Do you open the package of Peeps and eat them immediately? Or do you let them harden a little bit and then eat them? <laughs> <laughs> it just threw up in throw my mouth. Away. Throw them away. Get rid. No. Wow. Okay. Well, it's disrespectful to Easter. Wait, so what is your opinion? Are they better hard or soft? My husband likes them soft. I like them harder because mm. I think the marshmallow, I can't handle the marshmallow. Oh yeah. That's why like, I can't do consistency. it either. Yeah. But Anyways. I feel like you're hard... all disgusting. Yeah, a stale peep doesn't sound any more appealing to me. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. A, okay. Quote fresh peep <laughs> that was made last Easter in some factory okay <laughs> i'll try it for you this easter thank Sadie. you thanks i, I appreciate there you that. go love that morgan's our transition girl morgan what do you got i don't give a peep about peeps but what i do give a peep about is learning about what exactly it takes to become a life coach everything everything about life coaching so um i don't know about you guys but i know I know zilch about life coaching. I want to first start really quickly on just like, what is life coaching before you jump into how you got your certification? So, I mean, just sum it up because there's a lot of different ways you can go about it, but really life coaching to my understanding is just sort of like the next step kind of past therapy, you could say, and we'll get into that more, but really Life coaching is the business of helping souls progress. Basically, life coaching is allowing yourself to kind of like recognize how much of an impact your mind has on the reality that you create. Mm. And it's just, there's lots of different life coaches. There's lots of different schools of thought because it's kind of, it's not a science by any means. And, you know, you probably see a lot of hacks or whatnot of people like, I'm a life coach. And that just means like they're positive or that just means they like, have good vibes and they want to be an influencer and sound cool. Life coaching is so much more in that it's allowing people to literally transform themselves by just changing the way that they think about life. So is what you do more of like helping them to realize what's happening and then they make the change? Or do you like, I'm sure it's a mixture of both, but is a lot of what you do just like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like, are you aware of this? Yeah. So, I mean, lots of people might like give advice as life coaches. A lot of people think it's like, Oh, you go to a life coach for like advice and like, this is what you're supposed to do. And they, those exist, but really it's about showing you, Hey, this is what's happening. Like, are you aware of it? Do you want to do something about it? And it's literally that I like to think of a life coach as just a mirror to your mind. And so it allows you to see what the heck's even going on in there, because just like we can't see our own face without the use of a mirror, we can't see our own mind without the use of a mirror, because when you try to think about what you're thinking, it gets kind of messy. And you probably are, are biased in a sense to your own thoughts. And so you like just at least I like justify a lot yeah. of my own thoughts. And so it'd be nice to have somebody like unbiased come in oh, and be yeah. like, no, this is real. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's basically a clean slate to be like, Hey, like, did you, are you aware of this? And you're like, Oh, that's right. And then you realize it immediately. And you're like, why didn't I know? And you're just like, well, it's because you're biased. Well, I'm already on the life coaching train. Um, <laughs> you already convinced us. Aren't we the easiest clients you've ever, that was great. Yes. Yeah, so let's do it. <laughs> when we can, 
Let's do a session right now. I don't want to say I'm a little skeptical, but be skeptical. Why do you say that? Because I'm skeptical of that now, too. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's natural for the human brain to deny that the possibility of changing your life is only based on a thought because you think that's easy. Changing your thoughts is the hardest work possible. I I concur. I agree. Okay. So I want to ask. I want to ask what the process is to become a life coach, but I want to also ask what I guess drove you to become a life coach. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know your story of how you became a life coach. So let's just begin like why anyone would probably want to seek life coaching with my story, basically. Uh, Two years ago, or I mean, definitely more, but at least two years ago, it came a breaking point where I was just like, enough's enough. Like, I'm tired of feeling this way. I was depressed, anxious, just like I broke up with my girlfriend in like just a big fit of like anxiety. And that only made things worse. I only felt more anxious. I only felt more bad because I was just blaming everything on me, thinking I was a terrible person. I wasn't enjoying my classes. It was during the you know height of COVID basically with everything online. And it just felt like my life was being sucked out by my major, by all these things around me that were completely out of my control. Yet I felt like I had so much to appreciate and I felt like I was doing everything right. I just was doing all the things like, you know, I'm like, you know, doing all my spiritual stuff. I'm doing all the like social stuff. I'm hanging out with people. I'm going on dates. I'm like putting myself out there. I'm getting the good grades. Why do I feel this way? And so it then came to this breaking point where it's like enough's enough. I'm going to get help. My mom's a life coach. That transformation happened for her. And I saw a huge complete 360. Well, it's 180, I guess. So she just changed her life entirely. And that inspired me. But it wasn't until this breaking point for me where I was like, maybe this is an option. And it wasn't until I met with a life coach, learned the things that I do, which I will teach basically some principles that changed my life forever to the point where I was like, why does no one know about this? Why does no college student know about this when this is literally the time in our life where our brain is still forming when we're gaining perceptions about life and where our our life and the decisions we make matter the most, not to put pressure on it, but recognizing that we care and we are also being affected and no one is aware of solutions like what I offer. My life is 100% different. And so I decided I'm going to be that resource. I'm going to be that coach for young people. And so there's a lot of different ways to get a certificate for life coaching. If you're just talking general abroad, you all could become a life coach right now if you just sign up for like seven bucks and like take a 24-hour course or something like that they would say hey you're a life coach it's because the world of life coaching is not certified there's no no board of directors saying this is what it means for all of us in college there's a board that says you have a degree this means blank because there are rules set in place like being a doctor there are severe rules put in place for life coaching there are no rules. Anyone could just go out and say, you're a life coach. The real trick is, are you really a life coach? Like, have you done the work? Do you know what it takes? Do you know how to actually coach people? And so what I did was I went to what is considered one of the best life coach schools where it's called the life coach school. (laughs) Convenient. Appropriately named. named. It's just an institution that was some person made basically, but to institute coaching principles and to teach people how to coach people. And it's six months. It's intensive. I did it during like summer and school, basically. 
we'd meet once a week. We would practice coaching. We do role plays. If anyone likes role plays. <laughs> and then you had to take an exam at the end. You had to prove that you were able to coach people. You showed videos. You got, it's basically, I mean, it's one of the hardest, not, I'm not going to say it's one of the hardest things. Well, honestly it is, but it's not like a physical endurance. It's truly just mental and emotional. And it's also a process that hasn't stopped every single day. I try to work on how would I coach someone better because I'm learning to coach myself. That's the true exercise of a good life coach is you know how to do it to yourself and you practice those principles. I love that answer. I think that that's like so inspiring to hear your personal experience with it because I feel like all the most successful people in the world. Well, that's a generalization probably, but I feel like a lot of the successful people that I know um, had like an experience with what they're good at and that's what made them so good at it. Um, So I love that. My question is, it might be a simple yes or no, but like from what you've said, it's not really like one specific path. There's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different ways to like become certified in quotations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, is this still kind of a new developing thing or has it been around forever and people are like, they just haven't taken the time to like, I guess, m- make it one way. I don't know if that's a good question. Yeah, no, that's that. actually a really good question. Um, you could argue that the seeds have been around for quite a long time, even just in philosophy and just trying to understand how our brain works. But the reason life coaching kind of came about in just kind of a general term was just trying to seek a new vision of understanding how our world works, basically, and how our mind, and we can get into it right now if you want, is how our mind truly affects the world around us, what we're able to create. And so like, you've probably heard of inspirational people out there. Um, I'm trying to think of like any motivational speaker is also probably a life coach in a sense. They're probably not certified in that sense, but you can also think of a life coach as kind of like a thought leader. They're changing the dynamic of how things are thought in the world, basically. So all of us have seen kind of like, let's take this, for example. We've seen like, what's a trend that's changed in the last 10 years? Name one, basically. I was going to say thin eyebrows. Let's we'll start with thin eyebrows. Okay. So thin eyebrows, basically like. Why is that popular with what was popular or is it I think it's coming or, back. That's it's why I said back. it. So I'm it terrified. was popular and then it was like, get rid of it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You're on, you're on the right track. <laughs> and then it's coming back. Why? Well, because a group of us have all just decided I like that. And just decided that's acceptable to society. It's grown because the whole society has developed thoughts like this is acceptable or this is okay, not everybody, but as a collective, it's grown. And even if you don't agree with it, you still are like, well, it's acceptable or you don't agree with it. Other people can do it. You might, I like me, I don't like thin eyebrows clearly, (laughs) but I'm fine with thin eyebrows. They're allowed to exist in the society basically. So life coaches and thought leaders, the like introduce new ways of thinking about our world that change like reality that are changing us because- Again, it's our thoughts that determine our entire experience. It's really cool. So like, for example, an interesting one is like the Great Depression. Everyone was afraid of money because they were afraid they were going to lose it. It became really scarce, basically. It was really scary to where we are now. There are people, you can make money a lot of different ways. 
Yet a lot of people still believe that it's hard to make money or that money is like finite, basically. And you can argue this on a lot of different points, but I'm just trying to illustrate that it came from societal changes, basically. Big things in society created thoughts. It's not the thing itself. It's, I don't know. I could just keep going on and on. But no, that was that's, just a little... You already have blown my mind. That's really insane. So you've kind of talked about how as a life coach, you're, you're helping people take more control of their thoughts and that yeah. sort of I mean, thing. I can talk about it more, even what it looks um, like. I'm, yeah, no, that would be perfect. I'm curious too, though, if they're, I mean, everything obviously originates from our thoughts and what we're, what's going on inside our, our brains, but as a life coach, are there things, um, like more specific that you like specialize in to help people mm-hmm. with? So, I mean, yeah, there's like, just, you're a life coach and you do everything, which in reality, we can address everything with the tools and the model that we've been, you know, instructed and taught and learned, but, but it's really hard. It's if you are advertising to everybody, you are advertising to nobody. And so it's just this idea. Interesting. Yeah. It's this idea that you choose something that you're passionate about. You choose something that people want. So like if I had, was like a life coach for everyone, no one would want to come to me because they're like, well, I want someone who is perfect at what I do, which is why I decided, well, first off, I'm passionate about college students. Also, there's no life coaches in the college student market because well, to be frank, a lot of people think college students are just poor and, and that they're not going to care about it because, you know, we're all doing different things. It's not until we reach a midlife crisis, we're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm like, that's too late. We need to be doing that now. And so like, that's why I help college students. I help them specifically like over break up with anxiety to um, overcome their perfectionism and to the teach them the tools that set them up for like success in life, basically. So I just want to put in a little plug. You have a breakup with anxiety program that's out I right do, now. Yes. Yeah. So right. actually, like if you want, like I have a free worksheet that you all can you can include it if you want. There'll probably be a link or something. It just helps you figure out and see where your anxiety is truly coming from, or more importantly, why you feel like the anxiety is making you feel bad when it's not the anxiety and you'll learn Yo, more about Caleb, it. I needed you about like four years ago. <laughs> Sorry. I was a little late. I was dealing with my own anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to make a clarification. Life coaching isn't meant to take away negative emotion. It's not meant to take away our human experience. It's meant to give purpose to it. Just to give a little t- tidbit, basically, is that a lot of us think that negative emotion is wrong because we feel bad for it, basically. Like when we feel anxiety, we just are basically anxiety is a feeling from our brain because we think a thought we're in danger or something's wrong, basically, and we have to fix it. So in like primitive days, basically, anxiety was given to us because or fear, for example, is a really easy one because a lion is going to eat you. What is going to motivate you to move? fear. You get an adrenaline shot, boom, you're off. Because emotion is really just a vibration in your body. It causes you to do something, but it's always created by what's going on inside your head. So what do we do now is it's really easy to be like, well, we should just deprive ourselves of all negative emotion. One, impossible. There is opposition in all things. Life is 50-50. If we choose to deprive ourselves of negative emotion, we only add negative emotion. And rather than just accepting it. But two, 
there's purpose in it, in my opinion. The, the spectrum of emotion, we've attached values of this feels good and this feels bad when it's just feeling. Like anxiety has purpose. Anxiety means you care about something. Depression means something. It means that you're not living, not recognizing that potential that's within you, or you're not living something that you desire and you've kind of deprived it from yourself. The one thing that I would say is unnecessary when it comes to emotion is shame. The only purpose shame has is because it motivates us to get out of shame, in my opinion. So, okay. So what I have, I've struggled with um, anxiety and depression for a bit. Anyway, so I've, I've gone with like medication and a therapist. So my question to you is, and hopefully, hopefully they taught you this maybe, um, at what point do people like know to come to you? And at what point do you ever feel like to recommend someone to go see a therapist? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's what we get trained on. It's why I believe the type of training is serious because we are bordering this territory and this is all very new. Basically here's what I believe therapy is for those who are non-functioning and it takes them to functioning life coaching takes functioning people to thriving because you can be just living your life. You can just be, I'm, I'm alive. I'm still like just doing things, but you're in your head. You're thinking things should be better, or I'm not happy in my marriage, or I'm not happy in life. Like even just not being happy in life or even having episodes of anxiety and depression is not indicative. Like you're a functioning human being because we're supposed to feel it all. Sometimes we get in this mindset. If I even feel a little anxiety or depression, it's like, oh my gosh, I need this. Or there's something wrong with me, which in fact only leads to more of it. So the real trick here is it, it again goes back to what's going on in your mind. People that go to therapy and people that don't go to therapy still have a brain and still have thoughts. So even if you have a diagnosis, I still believe that you can be work with a life coach because how you think about your diagnosis, how you think about your own anxiety and depression has an effect. But we're taught basically that like there are like certain conditions. Basically, if I evaluate it and I'm just like, look, like when we've gone through this, I think this is a little bit more severe than what life coaching can do. I believe talking to a therapist can really be valuable for you. And I'll recommend that. I'll just be like, I don't think I'm in that position basically. But most people that have come to me so far, I mean, everyone that's come to me so far and what most people actually need is more of a life coach because they just haven't been doing anything. A therapist can definitely help with all of that and will actually probably get them on the road. But I've found at least for myself when I've gone to therapy, because I'm like, I'm in, I went to therapy in that really dark moment for myself and I didn't connect with it because a lot of what therapy does is go to the past or, and try to analyze that sort of behavior. I'm doing it over generalization because therapy is honestly great. And there's a lot of different methods, but an overgeneralization is generally they go to the past life coaches generally are trying to help you rewrite the past and look to the future and draw on that energy. When we, we look to the past and look to our past trauma because it helps us understand, but sometimes I believe we stay there and therapy, it doesn't keep us stuck. 
but it's really easy for our brains to still get stuck on it. And so that's kind of the difference between the two. Honestly, therapy is needed. Medication is also needed. I do believe though, there is a general like leaning towards doing it too much. Not enough people get it, but when people get it, there's a lot of dependence on it rather than recognizing that like, there are also other ways with the medication, with the therapy to help you learn how to talk to yourself because how you talk to yourself, I truly believe affects everything, literally affects everything. I really like what you said about, um, like life coaching being something for people that need to go from functioning to thriving, because like, I feel like that connects so well to the college student. And like, it makes so much sense why you're targeting that audience, because at least in my own college career, I have definitely been at that point where I'm like, I am functioning. Like I can still do everything that I need to do in life, but am I happy doing it? No. Or like, do I feel like so much anxiety while doing it? Yes. And so it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's a super helpful kind of difference between the two is it's like, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Is this inhibiting you and do you need to go from like not being able to function to functioning or are you still doing everything you need to do in life, but you want to be better at it? So I really, I liked that. I thought that was helpful. I like the clarification you made too, of, um, having like anxious and depressive like episodes as opposed to like having anxiety and having depression, because those are two very different things that I think we so often assume are the same things where it's like, you can have a period where you're feeling really overwhelmed with anxiety, but like it's going to pass. So we've, we've talked a little bit about this and I don't know if there's a clear answer to this question. So if there's not just be like, Sadie, stop. Um, (laughs) but what exactly, so not exactly, but like, what can a life coach help me with? We've talked about anxiety. We've talked about depression. We've talked Mm -hmm. about perfectionism. Is there anything else that you're like, Hey, if you're considering a life coach, they can actually really help you with this. Or if you're struggling with this, go to a life coach. Yeah. Is there anything you're struggling with right now, Sadie? (laughs) I honestly, perfectionism is something that I want to talk to you more about maybe off the podcast. Cause that is something that of course I'm not going to do it now. I was just curious, like anything because literally there are life coaches for literally everything. There's a coach and we, we don't even call him a life coach. There's a coach designed and probably out there talking about everything. A big one is helping parents because parenting is hard, especially moms. That's how it kind of got started. It's like, like if you've ever heard of Jody Moore or anything, she's huge because being a mom is really hard. And moms have a lot of thoughts about it where they're like, I should be happy or I should be ecstatic. This is the greatest job ever, but I don't really like it. And like, okay, great. Let's drop the drama. Let's talk about it. Um, I mean, it just literally anything. If you're struggling like with homework, there is a life coach for it. If you're struggling, if you want to succeed, if you want to make more money, if you want to just like get the kind of career that you're looking for. I mean, with college coaching, like I'm helping you to get through college, but it's more about, in my opinion, the emotional side of things, like what your own, it's always going to come back to your relationship with yourself. Cause that's the secret is, is life coaching is always drawing you back to what's going on in your mind. There's a hundred, whatever there's a topic about, there's a coach about it. So here's one for you. Is there a coach to help me learn how to grocery shop and meal plan for myself? Because I cannot do it. 
And I've tried. I've tried every There probably method. is. Because that's the wonderful thing is that you think that's the problem, but it's what's going on behind that that's the problem. What's the thought layers deep down underneath your grocery shopping and your meal planning? But I guarantee you, if you look it up, you could probably find a life coach about it. There will um, be someone for me. <laughs> there'll be someone about it. Yeah. Wait, like, I've got a question. Okay. Is there a life coach to help me? figure out why I keep getting sick or do I just see my doctor for that? <laughs> you can see your doctor about that, but there actually are life coaches that help you with chronic illness and they help you wow. with you kidding because this is kind of a weird thing that this is where life coaching kind of borders on science and borders on spiritualism and what we would call the woo, the weird, like Stuff that we don't understand. Cult. Do like you say cult. that like woo? Like, woo or is it yeah. just the woo? Woo is just like a weird <laughs> word to describe anything that's like, hmm, that's interesting. I don't understand that basically. Uh-huh. So like a really interesting one is manifesting. Manifesting is the belief that if you can work on your beliefs and visualize things, those things will come true in like, the I real world, which I practice it. It's very real. It's faith. Manifesting is faith. It's producing miracles and relying on God to do it basically. And not to get too spiritual because there's lots of different avenues to take that. And, but an interesting one is the not allowing yourself to feel emotion. And what we're talked about with terms of negative emotion, it's been shown in some studies, I can't quote them now, but I've worked with life coaches who have learned and read and studied that like, if you are not allowing yourself to feel emotion, that's how certain chronic illnesses develop that's how sometimes cancer can be a reason for. And that's, this is where it gets like on the edge where we're, we start to deny it. We're like, well, you're denying science. You're denying. Caleb, all these I'm not things. trying to get cancer over here. I got to have these links. I've got to, I've got to no, talk it's to just, life coach. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like, it's, there is power. Okay. I'm going to say this story. There's power in what you believe and what you know. There's a woman in China. This is a great story. It was on NPR, by the way. It was a long time ago. And there's a movie about it. There's a Chinese woman who, like the doctor said, she had cancer. They don't tell their parents or their grandparents when they have certain things. They tell the children because in Eastern belief, they believe that the sickness is in the mind, not in the body. When you know you're sick, you become sick, basically. So they didn't tell her, but they were all like, well, we got she's going to she has a year to live. So they planned this wedding of like one of the nephews, grandsons or something like that around, hey, everyone, we're going to go visit grandma, basically. And so it's an excuse to see her before she died. And everyone's kind of really sad. The American girl that was like visiting little granddaughter, she was just like, we have to tell her. And they're like, we can't tell her. This is just the rules, basically. So she has this big struggle and she's still alive today. This happened in 2006 or something like that. It's insane. No, literally, she's still alive and they check her. And it's like, I think it's just like either went away or it's still there but she is fine. Sign me up. I'm a full (laughs) believer now. So here's something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. And like, I've struggled with this. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of create motivation in somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like how, as a life coach, do you like light a candle or like spark a flame? You know what I mean? Rule number one of life coaching you cannot control the emotions of another human being. You are only in charge 100% of what you 
can make and feel basically no one can make you feel a certain way you can't make other people feel a certain way so even like but you're right a lot of times we're like well we want to motivate people we want to love people the thing is whenever we feel emotions it's just us who's feeling them i mean a lot of times we'll have collective experiences and we'll all come away like that felt so good but it's not that doesn't mean you will necessarily and it's not because of the experience it's because of what's going on in your head so like when we do life coaching, basically, I have a model and it, it just basically will outline to like, what's something you're struggling to get motivated about? Let's say you have a due date and you're like, I don't feel very motivated to do this homework assignment. Real simple. Basically, your thought is I don't want to do it, basically, or you don't see the purpose in doing it or you're frustrated. You think it's unfair. A whole number of things, basically. That feeling might create overwhelm, might create boredom some feeling basically. And that feeling only motivates us probably to procrastinate, to find something more entertaining to do. And our result is we don't do it basically, or we put it off to the point where we're forced to do it. So motivating is simply just asking, do you want something different? If people don't want to change, then they won't. So in this type of position, I mean, you obviously have like scheduled sessions with people, right? Mm -hmm. Are you on the, I mean, on the clock in quotes, are you on speed dial? Like, can someone call you whenever, if they need to talk, if they're one of your clients, or is this like a, we have our time to talk and then it's, it's on you for the rest of it. I mean, of course I have boundaries, but I'm not going to deny yeah. help to anyone. Basically I do. So what I do is like, um, we meet one-on-one -on -one every week. So like, if you do my program, basically it's just like six weeks and then you can continue it. Um, if you'd like to just have because sometimes it's nice to like have an intensive session for a period of time. And then to just have this maintenance coaching is what I call it, where you're like, oh, this thing came up or my thoughts are in the way, or I have to make this big decision. Like you need a coach for that. And you just have it on hand. But a lot of times you're right. Like someone will in the moment just be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. That's why we have like, we communicate through like Voxer or like Marco Polo or something like that, where they can send a message. Like I send a message to my life coach. And she's like, this is amazing. Like you're celebrating your, she asked me to celebrate my wins every Friday. And so I do. And so we just do that. And, but it's not 24 seven on call. Um, obviously like I've have boundaries. I have a life I'm trying to graduate. I work <laughs> full time and like, well, not full time. I'm sorry. I will eventually work full time. And so it's just a balance, um, obviously, but at the same time, like if someone needs advice, someone needs something to talk to, like a text is definitely possible. We talked about how with life coaching, it's going from functioning to thriving. So it's not like the people you work with are non-functioning, mm -hmm. but does it like, how do you create boundaries to, I don't know, not get affected or emotionally affected by people who by a Debbie Downer? Yeah, kind of. I don't want to say that that are just like uh, down in the dumps. Oh, they're such like, pessimists. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you create those boundaries for yourself? Well, the nice thing is optimists can also be annoying too, but <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Really, it just comes down again to I'm in charge of how I feel emotionally. They have no effect on it. I'm in charge of satisfying my own needs. They have no effect on it. I don't need my clients to change, to do anything. Of course, I want them to. I want them to see the light and to find motivation and whatnot. But if they're not, that's totally fine. And it's the same with each and every one of us. Yes, they tell us, surround yourself with people that are motivating, people that are on the same track. 
the reason for that, that's easier than analyzing your thoughts and changing them. Basically, <laughs> the greatest lesson you can take away is what changed my life is that each and every one of you don't need to change. You are 100% worthy just as you are as a human being walking on this earth. And whatever you decide to do with your life is 100% worthy and good, a good desire. Now, how do you feel? You probably are rejecting this truth, basically, for one thing. But if you were just to allow it and just say, I am good enough, no matter what I choose to accept me, we begin to feel good because we've eliminated the first layer that always covers our thoughts usually, which is shame and judgment and thinking I shouldn't, or it's frustrating. It's hard. We should just allow it to be. It's allowed to be hard. It's allowed to be frustrating. We're allowed to experience negative things. And then when we give ourselves this good feeling, this acceptance, that is always when change happens. It's never from shame. It's always from acceptance. And when you choose to believe that you choose to accept yourself, no matter what, you'll find yourself actually desiring to change. And that's when your thoughts can begin to change. You have to drop judgment. You have to drop shame and thinking thoughts about it. And it's a lifetime process. I'm doing this two years and it's still like every single day learning new things. But I have to say, I'm lifetimes ahead of where I used to be and I feel amazing. So that's why I do it. That's why I love it. Wow. I think that that's, that in a nutshell is the value of a life coach. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning of like the mirror analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, like what you just put on the table is so helpful for us to hear, but we're not in a place often to tell ourselves that. And so it's so amazing to have an outlet that's like, Hey, this is truth. I'm just bringing it to the table in a way that you won't do it yourself. I think it's really powerful and I have just learned so much and I've just felt so uplifted and I'm like, everyone get a life coach. That's how I feel. <laughs> really quick. Let's just tell us where people can find you and like what sort of things sure. you offer. Yeah. So, I mean, you can always follow me on Instagram. I love it. It's at Caleb, the college coach. It's pretty simple to oh, find. Um, my website is calebpricecoaching.com. And, and I mean, I'm also on Facebook if you look up the same thing, but basically what I offer as a life coach is the ability to become that future version of yourself that you're desiring to be. And it begins with breaking up with negative patterns that you are desiring to break up with, like anxiety, like perfectionism, like procrastination, and especially negative self-talk, because it's all just going to come back to your relationship with yourself. Do you want a better relationship with yourself? Do you want to learn how to love yourself fully and feel abundance? and then see how that makes you successful and confident and achieve more in life. That's what I offer. And so what I do is if you go to my website or Instagram, or, I mean, you can even give me your email, basically. Um, I help basically you in a free coaching call. We do like a one-on-one -on -one experience for 30 minutes to see, am I a good coach for you? Do you like this experience? Cause if you don't, you shouldn't have it basically, but I guarantee you, if you step into it, even if you don't decide, that is what you want. I promise you, your life will be changed by it because you'll have the awareness that a life coach always brings. Maybe it's not the right time for you. I understand that. But that's why I also just in my Instagram, my podcast, Relatable Thoughts, I offer this kind of content. I offer the 
mirror basically, but it's nothing compared to what it's like one-on-one with people. So, I mean, go to my website, go to all those things. I have a free worksheet of how to break up with anxiety basically in three steps and just starting that. So And we'll link all those things in our show notes. So for anyone listening, if you are really interested, um, just open up this episode description and you'll find the website, find the Instagram, definitely um, at at least listen to his podcast because it's so good. I love it. So it's been so much fun for us and super enlightening. And I feel like I've learned a ton. And maybe, who knows, I'll get a life coach to help me with my grocery shopping. That's maybe what I've learned. Oh, yeah, they're out there. You should. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I need. Um, Everyone, be sure to give Caleb a follow on his social media. Download his podcast. Our social media is also linked. We love to hear from you. DM us with any ideas you have for another episode. And yeah, we'll see you next week.